Hello, listeners. This is Roberta Foster, and welcome to today's edition of the Author's Corner, brought to you by KNEO 91.7 FM, The Word. If you get interrupted and miss any part of today's interview or would like to hear it again, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, today I welcome David Clausen to Author's Corner, and along with Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, they wrote the book Male and Female. He created them. It's a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage, and published by Christian Focus Publications. He'll tell you more about how to find the book at the end of the program. And David is currently the director of the Center for Biblical Worldview with Family Research Council. David, thank you so much for being with us today. Roberta, it's a joy to be on the program. Thank you so much for having me. Well, this is a very hot topic, obviously, in our society today, but what were you uh, hoping to accomplish by uh, putting it together and uh, want to see how it's used in the future? Yeah, absolutely. So the book that we've, uh, Denny, Colin, and I have put together is an eight-week study on gender, marriage, and sexuality. Uh, So Denny and Colin work at the Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, organization founded in the 80s by John Piper and Wayne Grudem, Mm. uh, trying to think about what does it mean to be uh, human, uh, what are the roles and responsibilities of men and women in the church and at the home, Uh, and so that's kind of the focus of their ministry. At Family Research Council, I'm based in Washington, D.C., and uh, speak to all sorts of issues uh, through the lens of God's Word, whether it's the life issue, family issues, sexuality issues, and so Denny and Colin have traveled around the country speaking at conferences and in churches. I'm doing the same with FRC. What was interesting, the three of us know each other from our time at Southern Seminary mm. uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, but we realized, really, wherever we would travel around the country, uh, from California to North Carolina to Florida to Ohio to Missouri, uh, the issues that people would bring up to us were issues related to gender and sexuality. Mm. How do we think about homosexuality? What does the Bible actually say? How do we think about the transgender issue? What led to this moment? And praise God, there's a lot of books that exist on these issues that people can buy and read, but we realized there wasn't anything uh, that a church could go through together or a small group could go through. And so that's why we put a resource together. And so now any individual could read it from cover to cover and find benefit, but it's actually meant to be done uh, with other people. Uh, There's videos, actually, that come up that... uh, one video per chapter mm. uh, featuring some really significant pastors, Albert Moeller, Heath Lambert, H.B. Charles, uh, Rosaria Butterfield, uh, who formerly identified as LGBT. She mm. has a video. And so, again, we're hoping to come alongside pastors and churches and Christian families. We know these issues are being talked about in every church and every family in this country, and uh, we're just hopefully providing clarity uh, through our study on all of these issues. Well, in the letter that was sent out with the book, you make the statement that pastors and counselors around the country have told you that sexuality is one of the most challenging issues to address in their ministry context. And I know the pressure from the outside, but what I wonder about is why is this such an issue within the church? The It seems like the foundation of the truth of God's Word, the fear of obeying God regardless of what it's all about, that those must be uh, eroding within the church for this to even be such an issue. It is, and I would call this theological liberalism. Theological liberalism, uh, you know, has been around for over 100 years. Mm-hmm. 
um, in what the kind of at the heart of the project of theological liberalism is really an ancient question, did God really say? Mm-hmm. And increasingly, churches that have long been embarrassed about things in the Bible uh, are now embracing full-throated uh, kind of the whole LGBT moral revolution. And uh, so we're, we're not surprised that more liberal denominations like the Episcopal denomination or the PCA, you know, U- U- uh, USA church mm-hmm. down the street that has the rainbow flags, we're not surprised where they are. But increasingly, uh, conservative churches are also coming under fire. And, you know, uh, Roberta, it makes sense in one sense when uh, Hollywood, the media, uh, big business, kind of everybody's in in the moral revolution pushing this right now. And so the one holdout really is conservative churches. And so are we surprised? Uh, that these churches are now coming under fire. No one likes to, when opposition comes. So there's a temptation to drift. There's a temptation to explain away things that seem clear. And so that's why we thought this resource would be helpful. to remi- We're not saying anything that hasn't been said mm-hmm. for g- generations, but we're hopefully trying to say it in a clear way so that this generation of pastors and Christian parents can be... Uh, comforted and encouraged and assured that the things that you were taught, the things that you believe the Bible teaches, are in fact taught by God's Word. Mm. Well, you threw out a phrase called the moral revolution. Um, what do you believe are the contributing factors to this moral revolution? Yeah, I think there's a whole lot we could say there. A lot of people obviously point to the 1960s, 1970s, kind of the sexual revolution, and there's a mm-hmm. whole lot of things I think we could talk about. Um, 1960s introduced a whole host of changes. I'm thinking of even the contraception of the pill. Uh, you know, for the first time mm-hmm. in human history, you had uh, people who could now separate sex from the possibility of pregnancy and procreation. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have in the 70s, Ronald Reagan, then governor of California, uh, introduces no-fault divorce, which, by the way, he said he, it was the worst. De- late, looking back on his career, he said that was the worst decision that he made. Mm. But you have the rise of um, divorce rates. You have the the loosening of sexual mores. You have Supreme mm-hmm. Court decisions uh, that begin liberalizing our laws. You have sodomy laws struck down in the early 2000s. Uh, then, obviously, the march for same-sex marriage, uh, culminating in the Obergefell decision in 2015, where the Supreme Court, five mm-hmm. judges, uh, imposed same-sex marriage on all 50 states. Mm-hmm. And so I think when I talk about the moral revolution, I'm, I have all of that in view. Okay. But I think what's worth saying, Roberta, is that the velocity of this moral revolution mm-hmm. has accelerated. We're no longer talking about gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Think about what we're talking about right now. Right. We're talking about whether minor children uh, who identify as the opposite gender can get irreversible surgeries. Mm. And so when I speak of the moral revolution, all of these changes happening in our culture related to sexuality and marriage and whatnot, but we need to be really uh, forthright that the velocity of this moral revolution is picking up and Mm -hmm. it's catching a lot of people by surprise. Yeah. Well, there's so much more we're going to talk about with David Clausen, but let me remind you that we're talking about the book, Male and Female, He Created Them, which is published by Christian Focus Publications. You're listening to Author's Corner, and I'm Roberta Foster. You know, one of the things you talked about was just kind of the change in what the moral revolution is actually focusing on today. And I was so surprised when I watched 
what would be kind of an older TV program and saw the issue of transgenderism in it. And I'm like, what? Has this been around for that much? It would be like 10 or 15 years ago. And I was just so shocked that that had been something that was already within Hollywood's um, efforts to change uh, what America believes. And it really did take me by surprise that it has been around for that long. It has been, and... You know, the, the seeds of this moral revolution have been around for a long time. Yeah. I do think it's fair to say, though, that in the popular imagination, yeah. kind of popular culture, uh, it seems, you know, I talk to Christians all the time who ask me the question, where in the world did this come from? Because it seems like it happened overnight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, 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 the cultural revolutionaries behind this have been planting the seeds. They've been pushing it. But I would just say now what makes our moment unique and why we thought even this book was necessary for people in the church is that every sector of society is seemingly moving full speed ahead. And, uh, you know, you have to be living under a rock to not see uh, instances uh, where every school district in America, uh, every Mm -hmm. show on TV, every social media company is really behind – the things that you and I are talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, David, let's um, give our listening audience just some basic information. So why don't you tell our listeners, just in case they don't know, uh, what does the Bible teach about homosexuality? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. The, the Bible is actually very clear on this question of homosexuality. Uh, a couple texts I would point you to is obviously Genesis 19, uh, that's the account of Sodom and, Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very clear. Uh, now, revisionists will make arguments that, oh, the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was inhospitality. But when you actually look at the text, it's really clear what's happening right now. Uh, their desire was for strange flesh, as it says elsewhere in the Scripture. Very clear moral um, appraisal of homosexuality. And then you get to the New Testament, uh, Romans chapter 1, mm-hmm. uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. 1 Timothy 1.10, the Bible makes it just very, very clear that God's design for sexuality is for it to uh, unfold uh, in a marriage uh, context, Mm -hmm. which is defined as one man and one woman. That's from Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. Ephesians 5 also underscores uh, what marriage is for, namely representing the relationship that Christ has with his church and the roles of husband and wife uh, portray that. They represent that. And so, again, the, the Bible is actually very clear, maybe even more clear than some people even realize. First um, Corinthians 6, 9, the verse I just quoted, uh, says unrepentant homosexuality is a sin that disqualifies someone from heaven. Mm. But final thing I'll say on that, Roberta, is the very next verse in verse 10, Paul says, but such were some of you. Yeah meaning the letter to the first Corinth, uh, to the Corinthians uh, was to, and he lists other sins too, but he's saying, you guys, you, these things used to define you, they no longer do, meaning they had repented and turned uh, from these sins. Uh, so again, the Bible's moral analysis of homosexuality, very, very clear. Mm. You had mentioned that one of the videos that goes along with your book is from a woman that used to identify as LGBT. How does the world not recognize all of that is wrong when people come out and say, I am no longer? 
Yeah, it's a great question, Roberta. And I, I think you know, we live in a fallen world. We live in a Genesis 3 world. Mm-hmm. In the United States, we live in an age where your feelings, your emotions, yeah. you know, we've thrown truth overboard, you know, fancy language that philosophers use. We live in a postmodern world. Yeah. Uh, a postmodern world just simply means we've uh, there's a rejection of absolute truth. And mm-hmm. so what reigns supreme is how I feel, how I want, how I experience. And so my hope is that stories like Rosaria's and others who are um, moving out of that lifestyle and have moved out of that lifestyle uh, would be encouragement. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, kind of the hardcore uh, activists are just going to say, well, that's good for her, but that's mm-hmm. not what's good for us and for people that we represent. Okay. Um, but our hope is that Rosaria's story, we actually, Christopher Yuan, he's another person who did one of our videos, uh, Dr. Christopher Yuan, I should say, uh, he, he gives his story as well in one of the videos, which is, again, why these videos, we hope, will equip people with uh, actual stories and examples of people who were in that culture and, uh, praise God, uh, encountered the gospel and were saved. Mm. Well, today I'm talking with David Clausen on Author's Corner, and he, along with Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, wrote the book Male and Female. He created them. It's a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage. So, David, tell our listening audience how people can find out more about this book. Yeah, you can go to the website, hecreatedthem.org, and uh, you can actually access all those videos for free. We're not hiding them Mm. from anybody. Uh, we want people to just get a taste of what this is about. So you can find the videos, hecreatedthem.org. And from that site, you can see a link to the Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, Christian Book. And so that's the best place. You can see the endorsements. Uh, so kind of all things related to the book are on that website, hecreatedthem.org. Yes, hecreatedthem.org is the location you want to go to to find out more about male and female. He created them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage written by Denny Burke, David Clausen, and Colin Smothers. And we certainly thank Family Research Council for giving us a copy to talk about today. And David, thank you so much for your time. It's been very uh, enlightening and encouraging. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on the program again. Really appreciated it. God bless, Roberta. To our listeners, we appreciate you tuning in. This is Roberta Foster on The Author's Corner. Join us again next time. If you live within the broadcast area of KNEO Radio, we have a podcast just for you. The KNEO Community Connection keeps your finger on the pulse of what's coming up in the four-state area, telling you about upcoming events you don't want to miss, organizations in our communities doing great work, and conversations with the dynamic citizens who are behind it all. There's a lot going on around you that you don't want to miss. This is Luke Taylor. Join me each week as we talk about what's happening with the people who are making it happen. Brought to you by KNEO Radio 91.7 FM and the Sky High Podcast Network. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts.